0: This week, I have another guest who reached out to me online to be part of the ethical evolution. Through our conversation, it became evident that it's clear when organisations focus on their people rather than tasks, results will always follow. Adam Sinkus is a business coach who takes his expertise to show small businesses how they can use processes and people to scale up by helping leadership to focus on its people Adam ensures not only collective change but also a change in culture for good. Welcome Adam to the ethical evolution.
1: I'm excited to be here. it's uh, it's been a wonderful Friday so far and and I'm happy to get this uh, add this to the list of things I got done today.
0: Yeah now you're coming to us uh, from the United States. now correct me if I'm wrong you're down near Florida somewhere am I right?
1: I am, yes. I'm in the wonderful Sunshine State, southwest Florida, near Fort Myers. Uh, you know, we are the vacation capital of the of the southeast.
0: Nice. Um, yeah, so I'm coming to you from the future. Uh, it's Saturday morning here um, in Brisbane, in Australia. So, um, Adam, tell us all about you, your background, and what you do.
1: Yeah, so uh, I am a culture-driven leadership trainer and consultant. Uh, the, the short of it is this, I focus on how we drive culture in organizations to really drive the performance of the organization. Instead of being so focused on the numbers, we take a shift in mindset and go, how do we focus on people to be better as an organization? And so, um, that's what I do now. Uh, I've come to that from a lot of years of working under poor leadership, uh, struggling management, uh, you know, the, the quote unquote bosses that, uh, you know, are all shout behind my desk, do what I say and, and just get it done. I don't care how or how long it takes you. Uh, and so, it, you know, over the years, I just got really frustrated with that kind of world. And so, uh, you know, it, came to me like, there's got to be a better way. And and over the last 10 years or so, I've been figuring out those better ways. And and so now, you know, I'm all in engaged on helping companies uh, overcome that kind of mindset within their company so that they can really focus on the people in their organization and drive forward.
0: Yeah. And do you largely focus on, on big corporates?
1: Uh, so I work in a lot of different spaces, right? So, uh, I also do small business consulting as well, mm-hmm. uh, which I have a huge passion for because I think you know those are the people that are really engaged in in the day to day of their business. They're the ones that you know the the stake for them is so high, and so when you watch them succeed, it's it's absolutely amazing uh, to just watch them become champions of their business. Mm. Uh, but I also from a leadership perspective, I do work with the bigger organizations because. Really, what I find is once you get to about three or four levels of leadership in an organization, that's when that breakdown really starts to occur. Yeah, you know, it's like the age-old game of telephone, right? It, you know, this is what the 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 high-end leadership, the the executive team, is saying our culture should be, and by the time we tell that message three or four times, it's completely different when when we get to the people that are actually. You know, living in that world, so to speak.
0: Yeah, and that's actually a really um, good observation you've made. Is that the more levels or, or hierarchy there are, um, the the less you know, the more messy it is, basically. Um, and I I know from my experience, when you've got a more flat structure to things, um, or, or less levels, um, everybody gets on a lot better and is is communicating a lot better. I found.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, You know, again, I I think it goes back to, you know, the the childhood game of telephone, right? Here's the message. And by the time we get, you know, five or six people through that message that have all Mm. interpreted it a slightly different way, the actual message that's being delivered, it it tends to be a bit different. Um, You know, and that's, that's one thing I like working with smaller organizations with is how do they set themselves up to scale in that space yeah. as well? So it's, it's not just the big organizations that struggle with it, it's the small organizations that also struggle with that balance of how do I start creating those levels of leadership mm. and really build, uh, you know, that same kind of entrepreneurial culture that they typically have.
0: And it's one of those things you want to get right from the start, don't you, because, you know, it's, it's hard to fix once you've gone so far.
1: Yeah, no, uh, culture, you know, is really at the foundation of everything we do in business. The, those companies that are succeeding in culture are also succeeding in business. Mm. And so when you lay that clear foundation from the start and live that and, and build it consistently, um, it does impact things like your customer attention, your employer retention, mm. your profitability, uh, you know, it, Everything that you do in your business leverages on having people that are engaged, that want to come to work, that are challenged, that are in it to win every day.
0: Yeah. And like I said, you know, from my experience, um, I found when I focus on the people and not the tasks, um, I get far, far better results and we communicate better. We have better relationships. We trust each other more. We support each other more. And it it just works better when you focus on the person in front of you.
1: Yeah, no, that's exactly right. You know, uh, when I work with an organization, one of the the foundational things that we talk about, and I ask the question almost every time is, you know, when was the last time you said thank you to every person mm. on your team? Mm. And, and very rarely do I get, oh yeah, I did that today or I did that yesterday. Usually, it's well, I think I've done it over the last week or so. Mm. You know, and, and so that shift in you know, when you talk about communication, right, you know, we have to start with positive communication and and building that trust and that foundation in our communication. And so, you know, I go back to that, that foundational, you know, say, thank you. Mm. Say, I appreciate your work today. I appreciate your effort today. I appreciate that you got this done in a hurry for me today. I know I laid it on you last minute. All those little things build up to, when you do have to have those more critical conversations yeah. because maybe performance slips, whatever is going on, uh, you know it, it makes those conversations so much easier because you already have this really good open stream communication.
0: Yeah, I, I call it um, building a trust bank so every, yeah. every time you do that, you're putting a deposit in the trust bank and when you've got a call on it, it's always there so and it goes both ways. I think I think it's a great thing.
1: I love that. I, I might have to steal that. Yeah, you're
0: welcome. <laughs> I'll let you use that. Um, <laughs> now, tell us what is your mission um, in in the coaching that you do with people. Um, what do you, what do you want to achieve?
1: Yeah, biggest thing I want to achieve is I want to achieve this the shift in mindset that business has to be all about numbers. Um, because when we start driving from the numbers, we start you know cracking the proverbial whip, and, and so. What happens is over time, when you just drive numbers, 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 uh, people become less engaged. They become, they, you know, they're looking for better opportunities. And, and honestly, when I'm not engaged in my work, that better opportunity doesn't have to be that much better mm. uh, for me to go take and jump that, right? And, and so I really, I want to see organizations that are 100% engaged in their people to build their organization, and and so you know, I talk to I talk a lot to leaders about the cost of actually hiring somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so for a role in the United States, that's about uh, we'll say a fifty to sixty thousand dollar a year role. Yep, it costs on average about seventy five hundred dollars just to bring that person in the door. By the time you figuring recruiting costs and Mm. and all the people hours for training and all that kind of stuff that goes into that. Um, You know, that's a lot of money Mm. to have somebody stay with the company 90 days, six months. You know, that's, that, that's almost, it's really, it's more than 10% of their annual salary. Right. So uh, you know, my, my mindset with that is, Let's get out of this while we can just hire somebody else Mm. and let's focus on who we have here and make them all stars Yeah, because we're going to save money, we're going to save people uh, and we're really going to build an organization that watches people grow and succeed within it.
0: Great. Now, can you tell us about some of the businesses that you've helped and the impact it's had?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've worked with uh, businesses in a lot of different verticals, but, uh, you know, the call center industry is where I've spent the most time. Uh, And and one of the things that I did with uh, with one of the call centers I worked in, and unfortunately, you know, I I can't go into too much detail on the the particulars, but Mm. uh, yeah, we came in and started looking at the average attrition for the call center, when when was it occurring? How you know how much attrition was happening, you know over the course of every month, uh, and, and how many people they had hired in a year. And, and it's not uncommon that you actually hire about three times more people in a call center than you absolutely should.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, you know it's just it, it really is the nature of the industry. But what we focused on with them is really diving into the uh, the training or the that first 90 days with an employee and making them really feel, uh, you know, sort of speak the warm and fuzzies, the mm-hmm. love, right? Yeah. Um, so we started with, you know, reinventing the HR presentation. How do we make this uh, feel more like welcome to the company instead of here's all our policies and procedures and yeah. don't screw up. Uh, then we got into the training and we started diving into the effectiveness of the trainers and going, as a trainer, where are you being effective? Where are you not being effective? So that we could reduce the amount of tr- attrition out of training. Um, and we taught those trainers then how to effectively portray messages to a different audience than, uh, you know, than they were traditionally uh, approaching it. So, um, you know, looking at, you know, we, we dove down into looking at backgrounds of people, you know, going, where, where are they coming from? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a company out of, out of Detroit, Michigan. And, uh, you know, so not, not too far outside of the city of Detroit, which has a lot of lower income families in it. And and that was a big piece of the people that they were bringing in. So we started looking at, you know, I started looking at the trainer core and I go, well, you guys are all like middle class, Mm. you know, suburb people. Like you, you totally don't understand their life. Right. So we started diving down into what is it what is it like to to live in downtown Detroit on twenty five or thirty thousand dollars a year? And, and what does that life really look like? So we can put them in their shoes um, and, and dive into that that people first approach again. Right. Mm-hmm. So how do we tell the message that makes sense to them? Um, from there, we looked at the well, like most call centers, you, you go through a, a series of a couple weeks, a week to two weeks, sometimes a little bit longer of a classroom style training. And then you go out and usually spend about a week or two in what they call on the job training or nesting. Mm-hmm. And so we looked at their on the job training period and we looked at how was that being supported. So what we found is we got training really successful and they were pushing out a lot of people that were excited to be successful and Felt excited, and then they get into this uh, on-the-job training area, and the love would kind of run away, mm. and so then they didn't feel supported, and so you'd see over the course of two weeks they they'd start exactly where we wanted them to be, and then they wouldn't progress as fast as is they should have, as as fast as we knew they could. Yeah, uh, and, and so we started looking at how was the area being supported, how was leadership. You, know, you have floor walkers or, or, or uh, subject matter experts that are kind of wandering around answering questions so that they're not you know always having to you know put a customer on hold and go to a supervisor. You know it just makes it a little bit easier for them to kind of get in the swing of things. Um, and, and so what we found is that they weren't getting enough support in that space so we built out an actual program to to walk through that. And then you know really the last piece of this was, once they got through all of those training pieces, mm-hmm. how were our supervisors supporting them through the rest of that 90 day period? And what we found is there's a big drop off in communication from that, what they were used to, to the when they officially came out on the floor as, as part of the operations team. And so, you know, that was really our next piece was building that communication path early on in those first 90 days to help them be successful.
0: And what kind of results came out of that?
1: So we saw 90-day attrition uh, drop significantly. We saw almost a 14% drop in uh, 90-day attrition. We also saw that uh, as a result of that, we saw some profitability. We saw about a 4% uh, increase in profitability because we weren't having to turn and burn and hire so many Mm. people uh, in that lost period. We actually had had broke it down that it took 72 days to break even on bringing somebody into the into the organization. So, you know, so once we started keeping people that long, well, now we start to become profitable on those people. And, And so we saw an increase in profits there as well. Uh, And then the biggest thing is, uh, we started to see an increase in the culture of the organization as well. Because now we had this clear path of communication and people were excited. Even after that 90 days, they're like, they set me up to be successful. I'm excited to be successful.
0: And then Um, that just spreads to the people who hadn't been through the process, right?
1: It does, yes. so uh, we looked at year over year culture, uh, the, you know the, the employee engagement surveys that, that most companies do. We looked at year over year for about five years uh, four years prior. Uh, and then the, they did one about two months after the engagement was over. and uh, they, they saw actually like a 12% increase in their, their overall culture score. for for that site so
0: that's amazing uh,
1: yeah it's positivity breeds positivity yeah that's that's what I try and tell people you know when when we're positive and excited about things it's it's hard for that not to be contagious
0: yeah exactly it's um it's like a virus it just spreads isn't
1: it it's a good virus (laughs) yes
0: a good virus um so what what was your biggest challenge um in in that particular scenario and how did you overcome it
1: uh, biggest challenge in, in that one and all of them is the mindset shift mm. is, is getting, uh, getting the, the higher the senior level directors and executives that are so driven by the numbers of the organization. You know, at the end of the day, they want to see profits and revenue yeah. and, you know, and, and however that gets done. And so it's shifting their mindset to understand that if you take care of the people, the profits and revenue will fix themselves. Mm. And and so, you know, it's hard to quantify people in numbers because we're so individual. And so you have to, that for me is always the biggest challenge when I, when I go into these is, is really talking about how we have to stop talking about the numbers for absolutely everything and start talking about the people that, create the numbers.
0: Yeah. And that can be difficult with management that are so focused on a really tight bottom line. Yep. Yeah.
1: Always numbers drive business. I mean, you have to be able to measure it and I, and I totally understand that, but, uh, but there's other ways to measure it, uh, without, you know, driving home that everything has to do with a number.
0: Mm. Yeah. So I have to ask you, um, in, in the work that you do. Can you define what being ethical means to you?
1: Uh, so ethical, being ethical is uh, really about, in, in my mind, it's about putting the right thing and the right people uh, in place to lead an organization or a group of people down the right path that are going to 100% of the time make decisions that are, truly in the best interest of the people involved with them. Uh, you know, I, I just, I get so frustrated when when organizations make decisions about cutbacks and things like that. Mm. And they're not thinking, it, and they go, well, you know, training is a cost and, and we have, we're over heavy in HR and they're a cost, mm. you know, and, and we don't think about the decision or the impact of what that does to the culture of the organization and, and and how that how not having those pieces in play uh, really plays into the overall success of the organization. So so for me, uh, uh, being ethical is about making decisions that are people first.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and that's that's a, a really great answer because I ask everybody that question, and yours is so different to everyone, obviously because of your background. Um, um. So what is it future plans, um, uh, for what you're doing, um, and, and what you want to achieve?
1: Yeah. So future plans, uh, is this year at some point in time, uh, I am going to get my book finished, uh, called, uh, it, it's, ba- it's, it's founded on my ACEs leadership model that I developed last year, um, uh, which is all about acknowledge, cultivate, empower, and strengthen your team. So, it's the four critical pieces to building a successful team that's culture driven. Um, so that's, that's on the cusp of, of this year. Got to, I, I just need to hammer out the writing and, and yep. sit down and, and make a plan and get it done. But, uh, that's going to happen this year. Um, you know, podcasts it, it, and being, uh, being on podcasts and, and recording some, some, uh, video content myself, uh, on the other side of the microphone, uh, is on the play this year uh, as well, and uh, you know, just growing business. Yeah. So, uh, you know, where wherever it takes me, you know, it, it's an adventure. So, uh, you know, I, I take all these as uh, all this as an opportunity to grow and expand and find a new audience and, and see what else is out there in the world.
0: So, do you are you um, most of your clients just locally within you know? your state's area or do you go um, outside the States? Uh,
1: So I have not done any engagements outside the States uh, though that may be changing. I don't know yet. Uh, Still, still early on in that, but uh, you know, I, I am willing to, to work worldwide Uh, you know, technology obviously makes that a lot easier Mm. Uh, these days. Uh, So, you know, but uh, primarily my customer base is in the United States, you know, from a big business, I, uh, I'll work all over the United States, even into Canada as well. Uh, But uh, the small business stuff, I do tend to keep that a little more local, because Mm -hmm. I want to keep my services in reach for small businesses. And and when you start having to pay for travel and hotel and, and all that stuff that that stuff adds up quickly. So you know, if I can, if I can keep it at my at an hourly rate or project costs without all kinds of extra travel, um, it makes it a lot more attainable for the small business segment.
0: Yeah, I think there's um, a definite global opportunity there for you given that, you know, the, the principles apply globally when it comes to business. So, yeah, aside from, you know, things like local tax and currency and all that kind of stuff, I think, um, yeah, there's a definite um, global opportunity there.
1: Yeah, that's the goal. You know, uh, eventually I, I, I'd like to be, you know, the next Simon Sinek, you know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I knew Adam when, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: you know, so, but, uh, you know, I, I, I am shooting for a Ted talk, uh, either this year or early next year as well. That's oh, on cool. the list of, of goals to accomplish in the, in the near future. So, um, you know, and more speaking engagements as well. And again, you know, worldwide is, you know, I I can get up in front of any crowd of people and talk. My wife will tell (laughs) you, you know, I talk too much.
0: So, (laughs) Oh, look out, guys. Adam Sink is going to be worldwide. (laughs) Now, um, I've got to ask you this one. Um, How can we um, get involved in what you do and uh, find out about what you do?
1: Yeah, so uh, getting involved, you know, the best way is find me on LinkedIn. I am all over LinkedIn. I put all kinds of great stuff out there pretty much every day. I am on there uh, responding to messages, posting content, uh, finding all kinds of crazy, awesome content that's out there. Uh, That is by far probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Otherwise, uh, email uh, is another great way to get a hold of me, and that's adam.sinkus at me.com. Um, but, uh, that's, that's the easiest way to get involved. Uh, you know, I I do, uh, I, I do typically, uh, work with, you know, medium to large size industry or medium to large size businesses, uh, in in the leadership and culture space. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, any, really any organization that has at least three levels of leadership, there's a, there's a significant opportunity for breakdown. So, you know, if you think that that fits within your organization, you know, come find me on LinkedIn. Send me an email. I'd uh, love to talk and, and talk about the opportunity, about how I can help you, and and how I can build that culture in your organization.
0: And have you got a website, Adam?
1: I do not have a website yet. It is it is my pet project. That I decided that I'm going to learn how to how to code WordPress this year. So. You know, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build myself a, a website this year. Right. Uh, but I want to do it on my own just okay. because it's, it seems like a fun project.
0: All right. Well, I know Ethical Change Agency might be able to help you with that, so uh, let me know if you need a hand. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, what's the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life?
1: Uh, so the biggest change I'd like to see in the world is that uh, we are focused on people. Focus on making people smile, focus on seeing people grow, focus on uh, seeing change driven by individuals. And so, um, you know, how do we support that? We start with the foundations Thank, saying things like, thank you, and, and I appreciate what you're doing. Uh, and, you know, and then building from there and, and taking the mindset that there's always things to give. Mm you know, it, it doesn't take much effort, you know, um, podcasts are a great example, right? Mm -hmm. So it, this is, you know, an hour out of my day that, uh, I have an opportunity to, to just give information that can help people become successful. And so, you know, for me, that's a, a very small price to pay, uh, to see the opportunity for somebody to grow and, and, and exceed their expectations. So excellent. Give, Yes. Just just give.
0: I love that. And I'm hoping, Adam, that this hour is the best hour of your day.
1: (laughs) It is the best hour of my day. We're we're just about to dinner time here, so, you know.
0: (laughs) Well, I won't hold you up anymore, but I have to thank you for being a part of the Ethical Evolution and I I really love the work you're doing. And I think, you know, if we can start at the large-scale companies and actually break down those things that actually make people want to leave – um, and actually make them succeed, um, That that is going to have a ripple effect. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for the work you do and being a part of the Ethical Evolution.
1: I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on.
0: Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution podcast. If you're an ethical business owner, change maker, or holistic healer who's determined to make a change in the world and you need support to spread your message, Visit ethicalchangeagency.com to collaborate.
1: Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is
0: Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, this it. No, it's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a on this show we come to humanize athletes entertainers business executives we're going to see what makes them tick. tuesdays 10 a.m pacific time on spotify apple amazon and wherever you get your podcast we'll see you there peace and power electric acid
1: are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations do you want to learn how to do it if yes then you need to tune in to The nature Back Podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to The nature Back Podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed.
0: Electric asked.